How would you describe your relationship with the Lord right now? For some of you, you might use the word duty. Now, duty is not a bad word. We often talk about doing our duty, and it implies doing what's expected. And so you're expected to go to church, or expected to read the Bible, or you're expected to worship. And for some of you, that's how it feels right now. It might be like you sense you're going through the motions. Uh, everything feels more like an obligation to you. And that's what's on one end of the continuum. On the other end of the continuum, let's, let's say some of you, when you think of how you feel right now uh, with regard to your relationship with the Lord, it feels more like delight. When you think of delight, it brings to your mind joy. It brings to your mind something that's thrilling. And so when you think of your husband or wife, they're people who give you delight. Or maybe your kids. And some of you, when you think of your grandkids, I can just see it on your face. When you begin to talk about your grandkids, oh, they give you sheer delight. I believe we're meant to delight in God. So here's the question that I want us to explore today. How do we move from mere duty to sheer delight? We'll talk about that in just a second. So far in our message series, we've looked at the disciples' message. And we said the first thing that Jesus says when, when he begins to preach in Mark's gospel is, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom is the reign and rule of God. It is breaking into our world, and we get to proclaim that message. God is not distant. Our Lord is not indifferent. God is still on the throne, and we get to proclaim that he's doing a wonderful thing right now. And then last week, we looked at the disciples' message, or rather, the disciples' mission. And the disciples' mission is... Uh, defined by, um, as he called these two disciples, uh, actually four disciples, to come and follow him. And we said that it really consists of three things. It's about following Jesus, experiencing transformation, and going on mission. When we follow Jesus, we will go on mission with him. And we said that the mission is what Jesus did. Jesus gathered up a few people, he poured his life into them, and then he sent them out uh, to change the world. And he calls us to do the same. We're to gather up some folks, pour our lives into them, and then send them into the community. And so this week we're going to look at another key aspect of discipleship uh, in our Long Story Short series. Now, as we've been reading through the Gospel of Mark, and one of the things that we mentioned was Mark is a very action-packed gospel. Right after Peter and Andrew and James and John are called to follow him, he goes into Capernaum and they go into the synagogue to, to preach. And as Jesus is preaching his message, this, they encounter a man in that service, in the synagogue, who cries out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus said to him, Be quiet, come out of him. And this impure spirit that was in this man, it, it, he began to violently shake. The impure spirit came out with a shriek. Now that certainly livened up that service on that Sunday, or actually it was a Saturday, it was on the Sabbath. 
Can you imagine if that were to happen now? I mean, that would really liven things up. And so word about Jesus is spreading. The people are, are amazed. And so they leave the synagogue, and they go to, to Peter's house. And Peter's mother-in-law is there, and she's ill. And it says that Jesus takes her by the hand and lifts her up, and he heals her. And when this word spreads, people began to assemble at Peter's house. And, and it says that um, Jesus was there and he was healing the sick. He was casting out the, the demons. They gathered at the door of his house. I doubt seriously if Jesus got in bed early that night because of all the ministry that he was involved in. And so now it's the next morning. I can imagine how Jesus is tired from the previous day's ministry, from all the things that he was doing. And what does the Lord do? Well, in Mark chapter 1, in verse 35, it says this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, if I were to ask you, are you a morning person? Uh, a lot of times I'll ask a congregation that. Probably about half the people in the congregation will raise their hands. There's some people that are morning persons, uh, a lot of others who don't like the mornings. You know, it's been said there are only two kinds of people. There are those who love early mornings, and those, there are those who hate those who love early mornings. I don't know where you would fit. But whether Jesus was an early morning person or not, at least on, on this day, Jesus gets up early. He gets up early so that he can be alone with God. You see, connecting with his Father in prayer was so important that even though Jesus had a busy day the day before, Jesus gets up early to spend time with God. I believe he was disciplined about this. And so at the beginning we said, how can our relationship move from duty to delight, I think a key is here in this passage of Scripture. I know it sounds very counterintuitive, but I think it comes through discipline. When you say the word discipline, you hear the word disciple. A disciple is someone who is disciplined. Here's really what I want to say today. If our relationship with God is going to move from duty to delight, it will require discipline. I believe we are meant to take delight in God. It was David who said in Psalm 37 and verse 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. One of the great confessions of faith said that the chief end of man or woman is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Very simply, if we're delighted in God, We'll want to be with God. Now, we know Jesus had a deep con uh, connection and dependence on his Father. In John chapter 5 and verse 19, the Lord said, Very truly I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. That's an astounding passage when you think about it. He can do nothing by himself. He was dependent on his Father and connected to his Father. In John's Gospel, there are these seven I am statements. Jesus makes these seven statements that help us understand who he is. He will say things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He'll say things like, I am the resurrection and the life. 
And we have one of those I am statements in John chapter 15. There Jesus says, I am, uh, I am the good shepherd. And then down in verse 5, he says, I am the vine uh, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine. Now, there's an amazing promise in this passage. The promise is, if we remain connected to Jesus, we will bear much fruit. Notice he does not say you might bear fruit or it's possible for you to bear fruit. No, he says you will bear much fruit. And he doesn't say you'll bear much fruit if you read five books on leadership. Or you'll bear much fruit if you pour your energy uh, and work to become a better disciple. He doesn't say you will bear much fruit if you invite five people to church with you on Sunday. No, he says you will bear much fruit if you remain connected to the vine, to Jesus. Now, I want to be fruitful, don't you? And the key to being fruitful is remaining committed and connected to Jesus. How do we remain in Him? How do we stay connected to Jesus? I think we can learn from Jesus about that as we look at how He was connected to His Father. Connection and dependence were so important to Jesus that he arranged his schedule such that he had undivided and unhurried time with God. Let me say it like this. Attention leads to connection. I know that certainly works that way in my life, particularly in my marriage. Now, the problem is a lot, a lot of times I can be distracted. Uh, my mind can wander. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. In fact, it was just last week while I was working on this sermon that I got a phone call from my wife. I was at the office. She calls. And she could tell just by the conversation on the phone that my mind was distracted, that I wasn't giving her attention. My mind was distracted because, you see, I was thinking about this sermon on how to be connected to God. It's ironic, isn't it? And at one point she said to me, are you even listening to anything I'm saying? And if I was honest, and thankfully I was not honest at that exact moment, but if I was honest, I would have to say to her, no, I, honey, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not listening. And I kind of got defensive with her. You see, if I want, if I want to really um, be connected, I need to, to uh, be attentive. And that works with regard to my wife or to my children. There's a spiritual principle at work here. Attention leads to connection. If I want to experience connection with Jesus, I need to give the Lord my attention. Or maybe we could say it like this. If we want to develop the life of Jesus, we must develop the lifestyle of Jesus. So what can we learn from this paragraph of Scripture about the lifestyle of Jesus? And this week as I was reading and meditating on this passage, Several key words uh, jumped off the page at me. And the first is the word priority. Time with God, you see, was a priority with Jesus. Now certainly we see this in Mark chapter 1 after he had spent a busy day of ministry and the next morning, early, he's getting up, spending time to be with, uh, with his father. But we see that really all through the Gospels. In Mark chapter 6, for instance, verses 45 and 46, it says immediately, 
Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida. And while he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. He spent a lot of time with his disciples, but there were moments when he would leave his disciples and he would get by himself so he could connect with his father. And we see that again in Luke chapter 5 and verse 16 where it says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Notice the word often. This is something Jesus did quite a lot. And he would withdraw and he would go to a lonely place. He would get by himself. So my question today is, is being with God, being alone with the Lord, a priority for you? Are you making sure in your schedule you have those unhurried moments with the Lord? But there's another word that jumped off the page, and that's the word intentionality. Jesus is very intentional about this. In Mark chapter 1, look at all the things that Jesus did so he could spend time with his Father. He gets up early, he leaves the house, he finds a solitary place. I have found that if I can quiet the noise on the outside, it'll help me quiet the noise that's raging within. And then it says Jesus prays. He speaks with his Father. You see, Christianity is more than holding a set of, of, of right beliefs or a set of right behaviors. It's about spiritual union. It's about dwelling in, abiding in, remaining in Christ, like we talked about in John chapter 15. To remain in Christ means Christ remains the main thing in my life. I don't know what this looks like for you, but for me, it looks like arranging my schedule so that I can get up just a little earlier before my day starts and I can spend time with the Father. And sometimes, and often actually, it looks like opening my Bible and just reading through Scripture. There have been times when I've read through the Gospels over and over again. I spent a, a year just reading through the Gospels, a couple of chapters at a time. Currently, I'm just reading through all of the Bible. I'm in Joshua right now. I read a couple of chapters uh, every morning. Sometimes it looks like reading a paragraph a morning. Sometimes it looks like just being still and quiet before God. There have been seasons of my life when I've journaled, when I've written out my prayers. But the point is not that would, we, would, we would do more. The, the, the point is not that we would accomplish more. The, the point is that we would remain in, abide in, be present with God to listen uh, so that we can be connected to the, to the vine. I notice that if I discipline myself, my relationship moves and, and deepens, and it does go from mere duty to delighting myself in God. And the final word in this paragraph is the word intimacy. Here's what I learned from Jesus, and it's, it's really significant. Intimacy with God leads to ministry to people. It's not the other way around. We often invert this. We often get so focused on ministry, and yet our hearts might be far from God. And this leads to burnout or lapses into sin. It leads to wrong motives as we minister to others. My men mentor, Lynn Anderson, used to say, the work is prayer and ministry is the result. Think about that statement. The work is prayer. The work is just putting myself in a place where I'm connected to God and the ministry flows out of that. Now, eventually, 
Simon and the others, they, they find Jesus. And when they, they find him, they, they said this. They said, everyone is looking for you. I've been thinking about that statement this week. Because it's so true. See, everyone's looking for Jesus. They may not put it exactly like that. They may not be able to articulate it like that. Because there's a loneliness there's an emptiness, there's a meaninglessness deep in our souls, and we're looking for someone. And Jesus is the only one who can feel, fill that hollow place in our souls. We're part of a strange season. We've, we've said that many times. People are scared and worried. Our country is divided. And I think now more than any, we have an opportunity to point others to Jesus who is the answer. Political parties won't bring us together. A vaccine will not cure all of our worries. But Jesus will. And I believe God is doing amazing things. And so notice what, what the passage next says. Jesus says, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. This is why I have come Jesus understood why he, is, he was here. Many people do not. He, had, he has come to herald, to proclaim this good news, this gospel, that God is breaking into our world. Intimacy with God leads to ministry with people. When we abide in, remain in God, we too begin to understand and know why we have come. And so let me come back to that question that I asked at the very beginning of this message. I ask, how would you describe your relationship with God? Maybe for some of you it is, it is duty. Maybe for others of you, you would say it is sheer delight. But I know this. We find delight in God as we embrace the discipline of dwelling with, remaining with, abiding with God. And so today, if you find yourself far from God, I, I want you to know Jesus is the answer. Remember, Jesus is the vine. And if we're connected to him, he will provide life and nourishment and growth. I hope you have a fantastic week.